You're listening to Nostalgia Be Damned. I don't know, but I've been told. I don't know, but I've been told. Man of the world be mighty cold. Prepare for the ice age. Protect the dodo way of life. Survival separates the dodo from the pizza. I think I've heard of these crackpots. Hello everybody, my name is Zach. I'm Brandon. And you're listening to another episode of Nostalgia Be Damned, the show where we take some of your favorite movies that you watched growing up as a kid, the ones you're nostalgic about, and we watch them objectively without the rose-colored glasses, let you know, are these movies any good, or are you blinded by nostalgia? This week we watched 2002's animated adventure family comedy, Ice Age. Hold on. Hold on. Oh my gosh. Wow, that one was prolonged. Yeah, it took a. They came, they thawed, they conquered. Ew, gross. That's really the. That was the tagline. I'm sorry, dude. What a bad start to this podcast. What an absolute fucking travesty Uh. start to this podcast. (laughs) Well, this is a long time coming. I feel like Ice Age, pretty popular among our generation. A movie we had talked about doing for quite a while and then set up knowing that it had arrived on Disney Plus, and then they fucking pulled it, like, the week before we decided to do this. Fucking so poor Zach. Assholes. You had to buy this thing again, right? <laughs> I did. I spent... Well, I rented it, so I, I spent uh, fucking $4 on it, but that's $4 that I, I'll never get back. I'm lucky enough to own this uh, treasure on Blu-ray, but uh, yeah, I remember... <laughs> I remember... The only reason I brought that up is I remember... I love this movie. I'll fucking kill you, dude. I remember how important this DVD was. Like, I saw this DVD everywhere. This was 2002 when DVDs were first really getting, you know, into everybody's home. And this DVD, man, may, may have been the first kids movie I ever watched on a digital video disc. Yeah, good for you, man. That's <laughs> I'm proud of you. Um, <laughs> do you remember liking this movie? I loved this movie as a kid. I was anticipating this movie because of that one-minute-long teaser. It was just the opening of this movie, the first minute... Just shows a fucking squirrel trying to bury a nut, and I was obsessed with it, thinking this is going to be the comedy event of winter. I think this came out in, like, March of 2002. And, uh, yeah, I saw it twice in theaters, dude. What? Twice? Once wasn't enough for Ice Age, my friend. Ew, dude. Gross. (laughs) You're a gross person. Um, I, I also was really excited after that trailer. And, again, like you said, just the fucking opening of this movie they just like threw it in as a trailer which is kind of a weird choice and we'll get into why i also saw it in theaters um i remember the mouse or not the mouse the squirrel trailer made me laugh and i was excited about it and then the real trailer came out with ray romano joe leguizamo and dennis leary and i lost some of that uh enthusiasm for the movie when the real trailer came out and then when I finally did see it, I remember not loving it. It was far from my favorite movie ever, but I remember liking it well enough. You know, I think I saw it one more time maybe when it came out on DVD, 
But other than that, not a movie that really stuck with me. Um, I just remember the promotion for it was fucking insane. And then uh, the rest of it is a fucking blur because, Brandon, they made five of these movies. Insane. And I actually, no joke, saw the first three in theaters. The third one came out when I was graduating high school. So I guess I went with my younger sisters maybe as an excuse. But let's be honest, dude. I guess I was still on the fucking Ice Age train. Yeah, I saw whichever one they made a big hullabaloo about it being in 3d was it it probably was yeah Ice i think Age that's the 3D. third one yeah yeah yep. um i also saw that one in theaters uh and that was a go for a younger sibling uh, yep. sibling movie and that movie is a fucking travesty <laughs> <laughs> i do like we you will not see that movie covered on this podcast because we'll just tell you right now brandon i give that movie a zero dude if you think the third one is bad i can't imagine what you would think of the later sequels because again i've only seen up to three but i re i watched all the trailers after the movie i'd finished ice age i was like i'm curious what these sequels were like again and holy shit we'll get into it but the question being how can they just keep getting joe leguizamo for all these movies <laughs> I do distinctly remember as a kid liking Sid the Sloth and also Scrat. Scrat, of course, the the squirrel, was the big draw of these movies. And I distinctly remember leaving the theater being like, why don't they make a whole movie about Scrat? And then seeing the subsequent sequels, them adding more and more Scrat, eventually getting to the point where, and I still don't understand how we've gotten five of these movies and not a single one is all centered around that fucking squirrel. Minion style, you know Ew, what I mean? dude. Just fucking... <sighs> Just ew. I, like, <laughs> I, after the first movie, I didn't need a sequel. And uh, really glad it didn't come out. And, like, I, you know, I'm so sick of these, like, subpar animation franchises that they just try. Like you said, like, I didn't need three Despicable Me's or Minion spinoff movies. If you're not Pixar, I don't, I don't want your sequel. I just don't fucking care. And for that, and you know what, for that matter... Uh, hot take on this podcast didn't need a fourth toy story get out of here <laughs> oh shit dude but you did need a cars three <laughs> yes obviously <laughs> and the sequel where the truck is a spy i don't remember <laughs> yeah and i also wanted to watch mike wazowski and fucking sully in uh college together bro good movie holds up shut your mouth that's a fun one i like it too i do the first ice age was directed by chris wedge and carlos saldana they would go on to direct, or co-direct, rather, Robots in 2005. Do you remember that one? <laughs> yeah, I do remember Robots. It is a, we, you know what? Stay tuned. It's weird. It's a bizarre movie. Then they branched off to solo projects. Wedge would go on to direct Epic and Monster Trucks. That one came out a couple years ago. I think that's the one about the octopus living in a monster truck. <laughs> like, I just, I, <laughs> okay. <laughs> While Saldana would go on to direct the first Ice Age sequel, co-direct the second sequel, as well as direct Rio 1 and 2, which I believe is Jesse Eisenberg is a bird who needs to fuck to save his species. You've lost me at Jesse Eisenberg. I don't need that shit. <laughs> yep. As well as 2017's Ferdinand, which I think is John Cena as a bull. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I do remember that. That's right. So Ice Age cost $59 million to make. It earned $176 million in the U.S., $383 million worldwide. It placed ninth on the box office charts that year in America, just behind Men in Black 2 and ahead of Best Picture winner Chicago. 
Mm. It's got a 7.5 on IMDb and a 77% on Rotten Tomatoes, the only fresh-rated film in the series, surprisingly. It is the lowest grossing of its franchise worldwide, because are you ready for this shit, Zach? I kept questioning myself, why do they keep making more of these? Yeah. Ice Age The Meltdown hit theaters in 2006. It's got a 57% on Rotten Tomatoes, 6.5 on IMDb, earned $195 million in the States, $667 million worldwide. Okay. Ice Age Dawn of the Dinosaurs was released in 2009. It has a 46% on Rotten Tomatoes, 6.9 on IMDb. It earned $196 million in the States and $886 million worldwide. Oh, <laughs> which then brings us to Ice Age Continental Drift in 2012, which has a 37% on Rotten Tomatoes, a 6.6 on IMDb. It earned $161 million in the U.S. and $877 million worldwide. Oh my fucking God. Get out of here are you fucking kidding <laughs> up to this point it's been gravy because none of these have cost more than 95 million dollars to make then comes ice age collision course in 2016 this one costs 105 million to make and only got back 64 million in the states but earned 408 million worldwide with a very low 18 percent on rotten tomatoes 5.7 on imdb but with its release, the Ice Age series became the first animated movie franchise to house five theatrical installments, which blew my mind. <sighs> That's insane. Crazy, right? Like, Shrek has technically five as well if you count the Puss in Boots, like, spin Yeah, but I don't. But all those Land Before Time movies all went, you know, direct-to-video. And, of course, yeah, Toy Story hasn't gotten to five. We'll get there maybe in a decade from now, but <laughs> this may hold the crown for a while. Dude, I mean... Are we proud of ourselves for that? Is that what we wanted out of, out of our lives? $3.2 billion in worldwide ticket sales. <laughs> Not to mention toys and merchandising. It's gross. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> what have we done? You know, just what have we done? So Ice Age was originally intended as a Don Bluth-produced 2D animated drama developed by Fox Animation Studios, but eventually became the full, first full-length animated film for the newly reformed Blue Sky which I guess had been reshaped from a VFX house to a computer animation studio. They aimed for a more comedic tone, going so far as having to cut a lot of innuendos and adult jokes to secure a PG rating. However, they do refer to the film as a dramedy, as many of the film's dramatic moments remained in the script. That studio, Blue Sky, I do believe was acquired by Disney in the Fox deal. Uh, but during its run, they also made a, a couple of good animated movies like Horton Hears a Who and the Peanuts movie, as well as, you know, the Rio films, Robots, Epic, and most recently, Spies in Disguise. That's Will Smith as a pigeon. Or Will Smith, rather. Yep. Will Smith. Production began on this film just one week after Fox Animation Studios closed, largely due to a series of unsuccessful films, most notably, previous episode, Titan AE. Yeah. <laughs> For the film's unique 3D animation style, filmmakers made use of ray tracing technology, which was the first of its kind. However, Despite being in production first, the first property to receive credit for making use of this tech was Jimmy Neutron, Boy Genius, which was released, you know, just a couple months before. Better movie. Stay tuned. <laughs> Ice Age was nominated for the Academy Award for Best Animated Feature in 2003, somehow losing to Spirited Away. Ew, dude. Uh, and this was only the second time the award had been given. The first was to previous episode Shrek. And, and in case anybody is panicking, Spirited Away, obviously, I think I recommended it on this show a couple weeks ago, so. Better movie, I would say. <laughs> 
for sure. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. Oh, we'll see. Stay tuned. So as we mentioned, this DVD was super popular. The initial home video release for Ice Age was accompanied by an $85 million marketing campaign blitz. The most the studio had ever poured into DVD sales, involving promotional partnerships with Microsoft, Pizza Hut, Carl's Jr., Cold Stone, and the NHL, among NHL. others. I don't fucking remember any NHL promotions. <laughs> exactly. It's ice, dude. Get it? It's right there. Yeah, it's all no, right there. I fucking understand hockey, Brandon. <laughs> I just don't. I'm sure there were some silly commercials with Scrat chasing a puck know. or some bullshit. Know, you man. get it. Yeah, I, I don't fucking remember, man. I watched, you know, whatever. I, you fuck this movie already. <laughs> there was also a tie-in video game developed by Artificial Mind and Movement published for the Game Boy Advance. And lastly, just a couple of uh, casting alternatives. As we know, our central characters, Manny, Diego, and Sid. Manny, voiced by Ray Romano. However, James Earl Jones, Albert Brooks, and Ving Rhames were considered. I could see Albert Brooks, but James Earl Jones and Ving Rhames seem kind of on the nose or a little too yeah. for a mammoth. Uh, for can me, you imagine know. James Earl Jones? I mean, I love the man to death, but I heard him in the last Star Wars movie. Can you imagine him trying to pump out five of these fucking movies? He, do he doesn't sound great. No, sadly he doesn't, but... I, I believe Queen Latifah is Ray Romano's love interest in the in the later sequels. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Jennifer Lopez joins the gang as some saber toothed tiger. Dennis Leary will fuck eventually. I yep, uh, J Lo as a as a fuckable tiger, and Queen Latifah um, <laughs> as another as a fuckable woolly mammoth, who with uh, two fucking <laughs> possum stepbrothers. Played by fucking Stifler and Josh Gad. Stifler and Olaf. There you go. <laughs> no, wait, no, wait. It's even worse. I think it's Josh Peck. Wait, is that worse? Who's worse, Josh Peck or Josh Gad? Josh Peck. <laughs> Only because Gad has Book of Mormon, right? Yeah, Gad was in Book of Mormon. He's bought a lifetime of goodwill for that. He's also really funny on New Girl. Yeah, well, he's um, also an Artemis Fowl. Yeah, I know. He pushes it. Don't get me wrong. Um, but he, as of right now, he's good. Um, he's good with me. Yeah, just wait till they reboot Drake and Josh, and then we'll see who comes out on top, my friend. <laughs> yeah, I will watch Drake and Josh with Drake the Rapper and Josh Gad. <laughs> I would watch that, too. Yeah, of course you would. Everybody would. Antonio Banderas and Kiefer Sutherland were considered for the role of Diego, which eventually went to Dennis Leary. <laughs> Wait, I'm uh, sorry. Diego, no, by the I'm way. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> Antonio, like, it's so clear. They named this fucking saber-toothed tiger cat Diego, thinking Antonio Banderas <laughs> was a lock, and instead they got fucking Dennis Leary. Ew. Diego, by the way, supposed to have died at the end of this movie, but Dennis Leary warned producers, hey, kids are just going to cry if you do that. And lo and behold, a test screening had kids bursting into tears when he died, so they reanimated the ending to keep him alive. And four sequels later, I'm sure they're thankful. And I guess they were gung-ho on Leguizamo from the beginning, because I didn't find any other casting alternatives for him as Sid the Sloth, so... Way to go, Johnny. My assumption is Leguizamo paid to be in this movie. Leguizamo, by the way, had uh, tons of voices that he was trying out and then settled on having a lisp when he realized that sloths would store food in their mouths. So, clever guy. Excuse me, I didn't realize we were working with fucking Daniel Day-Lewis here, Mr. <laughs> Research and Method. Best supporting actor, John Leguizamo, for Sid the Sloth. <laughs> 
as a running joke, by the way, in my family, this is a true story. My stepmom's nickname is Sid because uh, she doesn't look like this creature, as I would hope no person on Earth does. Uh, just because, like, she was, you know, an outcast at first and wanting to welcome her into our family in the only way we knew how, which was to compare her to ugly cartoon characters, I guess. Yeah, we get it. You're terrible people. It's fine. <laughs> Bam, if you're listening to this, thanks for being there. And apologies. <laughs> All right, dude, let's do it. Ice Age was rated PG by the MPAA for Mild Peril. Ain't that some bullshit. <laughs> That's fucking crazy. I, there's like a mass suicide scene in the middle of this movie, but okay. <laughs> we'll go with Mild Peril. Yeah. So we open in the snow. A figure comes into view. Little did we know that we'd be spending the better part of two decades with this little shit. It's uh, Scrat. Technically a Cronopio, not a squirrel. Want to get that out of the way first, but we're just going to call it a squirrel because he looks like a squirrel. And all he wants to do is bury his acorn. And he foolishly tries to do so in the ice, which causes a giant crack up the side of this massive glacier. <laughs> and Brandon, uh, you and I were talking at length about this movie off air. The best trivia bit I think you sent me about it was that uh, they added in this scene because if you don't add in this scene of him scurrying through the ice and snow, you don't see any sort of winter weather in this movie for 37 minutes. This is a movie called Ice Age. <laughs> and I checked because I was like, that can't be true. <laughs> and the first time I see snow in this movie after that scene, 39 minutes. <laughs> It's crazy, too, because he wasn't even supposed to be that big of a character and then eventually becomes really what they hinge all of the marketing on. And I guess, you know, test audiences loved him. I loved him as a kid. He was the funniest part of this movie uh, for me back then. And so it's easy to see why they put him in. And I guess the filmmakers actually mentioned almost every single scene that ends dramatically. They sprinkle the scene of him in there just to, you know, get some yucks, some laughs from the kids. Um, so, Brandon, I just got to say, right off the bat, first impressions of this movie, the animation looks not great to me. No, no, this does not hold up. And it's funny after watching those trailers to see how the animation has advanced from 2002 to the last one in 2016 like the end the detail in their fur and everything it looks like night and day completely different series almost. and it's crazy because shrek shrek looks okay i think we talked about that you can check out our shrek episode mdd.podbean.com there's plenty of other examples of animation that came out around this time or even before this time if you want to look at pixar that the animation just is like miles ahead of this. I don't really, there doesn't really seem to be an excuse as to why it looks like this. Other than, yeah, it's a, it's a new studio. This is the year after Monsters, Inc., the year before Finding Nemo. And in comparison, yeah, those films are just so much more nuanced and detailed, better in every way. <laughs> I do love the uh, reaction that Scrat gets when he notices this giant <laughs> crack going up his little fucking eye twitch. I loved it as a kid and it's still funny today. But like you mentioned, man, yeah, we're getting a taste of this animation here very basic simple landscapes with a lot of ugly characters like picture rango in the snow but in the beginning stages of animation before any details been put in and then we're close to the original yeah. ice age yeah and like even the sh these shots of the glacier cracking it's just like a white screen with like a line drawn through it it just doesn't look you know realistic at all it just looks very very simple and like 
almost just thrown together. Yeah, and I'm not against this animation where, where they try to embellish the cartoonish aspects of animals in this time period. That that doesn't bother me as much as this this is closer to the Shark Tale style of animation where they're trying to slightly get into like changing the character's features and faces to maybe not necessarily match the actor but to at least change it in a more human way that I just don't don't like the the blending of it, I guess. Yeah, no, I I agree. It doesn't yeah, everything looks, eh, I don't know, just not good. Yeah, it, it doesn't quite hold up, but uh, the, the crack in the ice extends for miles before setting off this massive avalanche, which nearly crushes him, almost stabs him with a bunch of giant ice chunks, but he manages to escape, all while uttering some random, you know, squirrel-like squeaks and screams. His eyeballs nearly get blown out of his head. It's, it's a lot of, it, it reminds me of Looney Tunes, some of this, his, his mannerisms, his actions and whatnot. And it's all while he desperately just tries to keep this one acorn, you know, safely stored for the winter. That's all Scrat wants. Very few characters, the history of cinema, have done so much for so little. Squirrels are terrible, though, dude. You know, we just have to remember that. <laughs> He eventually finds his acorn after falling off the side of a mountain of sorts, finally reaching dirt, but he's crushed by the foot of a woolly mammoth, and we get our title card, Ice Age. <laughs> Here we go, dude. Uh, it's a herd of prehistoric animals migrating south in order to escape the impending Ice Age. This is, by the way, our second movie we've done on Nostalgia Be Damned of a group of misfit animals migrating. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Dinosaur, right? 2000. So this was two years before. I think Dinosaur, which we mentioned, has dated animation. I think it looks better than this. Oh, 100%. I think this looks way better. Or I'm sorry, Dinosaur looks better. Manny is that mammoth. It's Ray Romano. He's a gruff loner who, you know, just kind of wants to be left alone. Many consider Manny to be the last of his kind. And yeah, he'll get to fuck in the sequel at the end. But uh, no mammoths we see other than him in this movie. Then there's Sid the Sloth voiced by John Leguizamo. He's a gross, smelly, unfortunate-looking, lisped fellow who was once again left behind by his sloth family. This happens every migration, he says. And I would assume it's because they hope he'll just die on, like, all, all alone. Some dark shit. Well, you know, that's nature, Brandon. If Joe Leguizamo wants to deep dive so far that he's like, well, sloths would have a lisp because they're storing food, they just have to understand that the weakest one gets left for dead. And six minutes in, dude. We've got our first poop joke. Oh, do we ever. Sid steps in some shit and then tracks said shit through some rhino's dinner and then proceeds to fling that shit into a rhino's face while trying to kick it off his foot. And for those of you counting at home, that is half a fart joke. <laughs> That's right, on the fart index. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and let's get this right out of the way. Right off the top, man, Sid is the worst. Sid sucks. <laughs> you asked me because I started watching this movie before you. You asked me how bad the Joe Leguizamo voice is, and I said it's not bad. I haven't. I've only contemplated killing myself once every two minutes. <laughs> and um, this is the supporting cast here is pretty fun. Like Stephen Root and Cedric the Entertainer are these rhinos that again he's just traped shit all through their dinner, so they're understandably pissed and just as they're about to kick his ass. Sid actually runs into Manny's ass, and he reluctantly decides to help Sid because he doesn't like animals who kill for fun. By the way, this is our second movie we've covered where a giant misfit helps out a smaller annoying misfit. Check out Shrek on nbd.podbean.com. Yeah, you can clearly tell their interactions are inspired by the donkey-Shrek relationship. Well, it worked for DreamWorks. <laughs> That's right, man. He straight up chucks these rhinos, and Sid feels indebted to him. 
we find out Manny actually isn't heading south during the migration. Manfred. His name is actually Manfred, nicknamed Manny by Sid. Great. So. Manny is generally annoyed by Sid's outgoing demeanor and wants to be left alone, but Sid nonetheless continues to follow him. Meanwhile, a tribe of Neanderthals are enjoying their dinner when a couple of saber-toothed tigers come upon them. We're introduced to Soto, the leader of the pack, and Diego, his right-hand bud, played by Dennis Leary. And Soto has, like, this weird fixation throughout the movie. You know, I got this as a kid. I just kind of, like, accepted it when I was younger. As an adult, like, the motivation behind this villain confuses me. He is hell-bent on making sure that he gets this little tiny human baby alive. Alive, yeah. It's so weird because we learn that this tribe's leader is responsible for killing half of the saber-toothed tiger pack. And the remaining pack wants revenge. But he goes so far as to be like, no, I just want the baby and it better fucking be alive. And I don't know. I mean, like it plans like some sort of weird satanic ritual. It seems like he's got planned. It is bizarre. It's contrived. It's lazy. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, the villain plot is a bit lazy, but it's, it's meant to, I guess, because he's got to order Diego to get the leader's baby for breakfast tomorrow. So... You know, Diego has to question his, I guess, natural instinct to want to kill all these things, including the baby, you know, in order to become a better carnivore, a better character. I don't know, man. I don't fucking understand what's going on. Don't look at me. That night, Sid tries to cuddle up to Manny in the rain and hail, as, as well as tries to get to know him a bit more. And he asks about his family and Manny turns away silently. So we understand something, something sad might have happened in Manny's past. We might find out about that later. But I want to know as a kid, what's going on with with the squirrel and his nut? And thankfully, we find out. Scrat is nearby trying to push his acorn up a tree branch to bury it in the center of the tree, but is struck by lightning just before he can. How far are we into this movie? <laughs> 15 minutes? 15 minutes, brother. The next morning, the, ca- the pack of saber-tooths attack the tribe, and the men do their best to fight them off, but Diego goes after the baby per his orders. He sets off after the mother, cornering her over this ledge and she decides to just jump you know so this guy one of our sub-zero heroes if you will is straight up responsible for killing this mom right yeah this is a scene of peril if ever there was one i wouldn't say it's too too perilous mild peril at best yeah it's mild peril um but it, it is peril nonetheless he's then ordered to find the baby and it better be alive again these monsters want to munch this baby while it's still breathing <laughs> rough. And then this next scene we get where Manny and Joe Leguizamo find the baby. <laughs> it's uh, jo- it's John Leguizamo. Strange. I love that you're calling him Joe Leguizamo because it's a far better name. <laughs> nah, he's Joe Leguizamo. Um, <laughs> he's all right from, from now on. Okay. Joe Leguizamo and Will Smith. Um <laughs> I guess I could just call the character's oh, name. It's an easy one to remember. When Manny and Sid find uh, this baby, it's kind of a weird scene because <laughs> the mom is like, just like rolls the baby over to a woolly mammoth and then just disappears like the force. She's pretty much dead from, I guess, her drop and she's still clutching her ba- baby, barely alive, and she just kind of tosses it towards this sloth and a fucking woolly mammoth. I trust you, animals. And Manny kind of looks at the baby for a second, and then she just pieces out while Sid wants to return the baby to the nearby, you know, human camp. Manny at first just wants to peace out. <laughs> I don't blame him. Kids are work, man. Kids are a lot of work. It's not even his kid. He didn't ask for this kid. Fuck him. <laughs> exactly, man. But I guess he reluctantly agrees because, you know, Sid says he'll finally leave him alone if they do that. 
Diego swoops in, tries to steal the baby. Manny rescues him once again. By the way, take a shot every time this baby would have died if this were real. Because <laughs> this baby's getting thrown every which way but loose. Yeah, I don't... You'll be dead too. Yeah, I don't understand how this baby lives. Um, they agree to set off an adventure so Manny can get his swamp back. <laughs> That's right, man. And like Shrek, we do get a little gay humor here. Diego tells them the baby is his while Sid proclaims, No, it's ours! And Diego replies, You two are an odd couple. But I get it. You can't have one of your own, so you want to adopt. <laughs> yeah, 2002. Two! Whatever year this was. <laughs> it wasn't legal yet. Oh, what a trash country. Uh, Diego claims to be trying to return the baby to his herd. So Manny agrees, like we said, to bring the baby back to the tribe, but only if Sid agrees to leave afterwards. But they reach the Neanderthal sediment, and they find it deserted. And that's when the baby and kind of a rough scene crawls over to play in the burnt remains of his family's possessions and home. Yikes. There's some really dark themes in this movie, man. Yeah, yikes indeed. Really dark themes in this movie. But Diego claims to be trying to return the baby to his herd. (laughs) Bullshit. Diego meets back up with them and asks to take the baby so he can track the humans to return it. But Manny refuses, but does allow Diego to lead the way. The sooner we find the humans, the sooner I get rid of Mr. Stinky Droolface. And the baby, too. <laughs> this one did have a joke. I laugh when I was a kid, and I kind of chuckled here, too, where Diego tells Sid, better watch your back, because I'll be chewing on it. <laughs> nope. Sorry, dude. <laughs> Can't join me, huh? Nope. There's, I, you know what? There is one genuine laugh I got out of this movie. One genuine laugh I got out of this movie, and it's coming up. Okay. All right. I'm on pins and needles. Very soon into their journey, the baby starts crying. They think it's because he shit his pants. Uh, there were some trailer lines I remember here, like, if he poops, where does it go? Humans are disgusting. By the way, for those of you keeping track at home, that's another poop joke. That's another half a fart joke, which means there is a full fart joke in this movie. Automatic. 20 points on the Rotten Tomato meter. <laughs> 20 points. But the diaper's clean, man, so they try to cheer it up in other ways, like peekaboo. I did laugh here as a kid. I laughed here again, man. This is still funny. The saber tooth trying to calm this kid down with the, where's the baby? There he is. <laughs> nope. Sorry, man. Fuck, man. Stone cold Steve Austin here. Yeah. <sighs> but once you know it, if you beat up Sid, the baby thinks that's funny, and he'll stop crying for a bit. Are you looking at me like you expected me to be like, that's when I laughed? Nope. Sorry, man. No, still nothing? Wow, fuck. All right, well, the baby is probably hungry is what they deduce, so they spot some watermelon, but it's stolen by a dodo bird who returns to his military-trained group of dodos all preparing for the Ice Age. And I don't know if you caught this, Zach, or if you thought the same thing, but the Ice Age seems to be like the coronavirus of today where some, some animals believe it, others don't. Climate change is a hoax type animals, you know? Yikes. Well, I wasn't thinking that before, but I am now, and that movie just became even darker. But Brandon, what we get following this is this fucking terrible montage of, well, not even a montage, it's an action sequence of Dodos fighting with these guys um, in super clumsy ways. Here's where my genuine laugh came in, Brandon, because I, and it's not anything that physically had, well, it is, but it's not anything the movie really did intentionally. I find it so funny that in this PG kids movie, an entire race of animals inadvertently killed themselves. It's, <laughs> that to me was funny. 
Yeah, the, the big joke up here is that it like, wasn't the Ice Age that killed these birds. It was these three fucking guys. And idiocy. Yeah, and it's... N- it's not like some wily coyote bullshit where like we find out that all the dodos survived. No, they're all presumed dead. And that to me made me laugh. You know, there are a lot of firsts, cultural firsts in this movie, like things that these these characters, I guess, invented for all of us to reap the benefits of. Uh, we'll get into those as they go along. But I guess one thing we could chalk up to their uh, success or this journey is the extinction of the dodo bird. It's it's stupid. It's so stupid. It would like it didn't make me laugh like the physical aspect of it. Just like the idea of all these animals. Just like at one point, just five of them just walk off a cliff. They're not doing anything. They just walk off a cliff. Yeah, well, this this is kind of funny because the whole there's this whole doom on you bit where, you know, if you didn't prepare for the Ice Age, it's all on you. And then the Taekwondo dodos are released. You know, they're throwing fucking melons off a cliff. There goes our last female was one of the lines I got. <laughs> yeah, again, like nothing actually funny on the screen made me laugh. <laughs> Wait, you didn't think... Sid inventing football was funny because there's a slow motion maybe Sid created football joke here as he's holding this melon charging through dodos diving for the touchdown and then in celebration spikes the watermelon did I think that was funny Brandon what do you think do you think I thought that was funny (laughs) oh it's like a door of the explorer episode do you see me laughing Brandon Uh, but the kid likes it. He's munching down all the same as the last of the dodo birds fall off the cliff. And that night, Sid is searching for food and finds an acorn only for Scrat to come out of nowhere to steal it. He's even clenching his fist like a Yada. Sid can't sleep without being annoying. <laughs> and not everything he does, like he's rolling over, he's making noises. There's literally, he can't do anything without it being irritating or agitating on many levels. I wish this was Eddie Murphy. Diego... Tries to swipe the baby from Manny's trunk in the middle of the night, but is unsuccessful. He's then confronted by two of Soto's goons. This is Zeke and Oscar, voiced by Jack Black and Diedrich Bader. Interesting move to make Jack Black just some weird henchman that's not funny, instead of just giving him John Leguizamo's part. Yeah, I wonder if he auditioned for that. I guess in this time, he's not as popular as you know Jack Black would get. I think this is actually his first voice role, because he'd go on to do, obviously, Kung Fu Panda and a bunch of others, but... Yeah, it's interesting that he's only giving such a small role. Yeah. But Diego tells them he's not only bringing the baby to Half Peak, he's bringing a mammoth. So, you know, he lets him know to get the entire pack ready to munch some mammoth. The next morning, Sid is trying to get some action by using this kid like Zach probably uses Phoebe. Am I right? What's that? (laughs) He's got this baby in this, like, mud sauna with some marinating lady sloths and they're like oh he's so cute and all this stuff you know and he's oh yeah he's getting his way you know what i mean with these oh yeah yeah you know it's funny you say that it's funny you say that because that was the first thing i (laughs) just taken my dog on a walk and was and was stopped multiple times (laughs) exactly exactly you're Uh. goddamn right i use my dog like that what else is she good for all she does is poop all over the place and eat food and bark at me at six in the morning yeah i'm gonna use her for social gain yeah there you go but manny takes the baby back and then starts to sort of bond with him as sid has to dodge the rhinos once again the four travel on set to a little rusted roots send me on my way Huh? Send me on my way. Did I ever tell you about the time I went to a Rusted Root concert and they played Send Me on My Way twice? What else did they even play at a fucking Rusted Root concert, dude? Are there other songs? I don't know, dude. It was 
I don't know. It was a free concert. I was, of course it was. very inebriated. I just remember because I got there. We got there a little late, and I said, I just don't want to miss Send Me On My Way. That's the only reason I'm going. <laughs> and I heard Send Me On My Way, like, right when we got there. It was the first song I heard, and I was like, great. And then they did an encore of Send Me On My Way at the end of the show. Fuck yeah. It was fucking one of the weirdest days of my life. Oh, send Me On My Way. We get an old faithful joke. Where that like geyser goes off and they're like, oh, sure is faithful. <laughs> they even pass fucking Stonehenge for whatever reason. I don't I don't want to talk about it, dude. Let's just He's like lousy architecture. It'll never last or something like that. Dude, the this is this movie, like this is the part of this movie where it just becomes fucking animated Lord of the Rings. It's so goddamn boring. They're just walking. <laughs> It's dinosaur all over again, man. But this time we at least have someone with a lisp to keep the laughs coming, right? Joe Leguizamo. <laughs> uh, so a couple more misadventures as Diego continues to pretend they're actually tracking humans and he's not, you know, leading them to an ambush. They come across Scrat once again trying to drop his nut, but he's swatted away by Diego after he tries to explain he saw a pack of saber tooths coming through. Diego claims to know a shortcut to Glacier Pass where they'll be able to beat the humans. And it's this is my least favorite part of this movie because it's a solid three minutes of them sliding through fucking tunnels. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this the runtime of this movie is only, what, 87 <laughs> minutes? I mean, it, it is... 81 a, minutes. No, they're, push, they're just pushing wow. feature length. <laughs> 81 minutes, and it is... Man, they are stretching for the fucking <laughs> runtime, too. It, like... It's very obvious from the amount of walking montage and just, like, pointless shit that we get in this movie that they really didn't have a plot for this movie. They, they just didn't really have anything going on in this film. Well, St- Sid does manage to stumble across some frozen animals, including a T-Rex, that will eventually meet the third, because that is the one, to remind you, that's where they fall beneath the earth and there's like a world of dinosaurs down there journey to the center of the earth yeah 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 pretty much dawn of the dinosaurs you know and then simon pegg's a one-eyed weasel named buck remember no i don't remember and i kindly appreciate us (laughs) moving on (laughs) all right well after we get some yeah cool runnings fucking ice shoot tunnels we uh, come across some cave paintings as well there are some mammoth depictions and we learn about manny's past and his previous interactions with the Neanderthal hunters, in which they slaughtered his entire family, his mate, and child. And this is all played out in, like, 2D scratch paintings, and it might be the best part of the movie, I have to say. It's kind of sad. It's a sweet little moment as he rubs his trunk across the painting and then meets the little human baby's hand and stuff. It's one of the first moments of genuine, like, sincerity I felt, and I think it's a pretty nice scene, actually. I agree. I think it is easily the best part of the movie and the best animation in the movie because it's, you know, it's something a little different, um, and it just genuinely looks better than, like, the crappy 3D models we've been staring at for the last 80 minutes. (laughs) Yeah, agreed. We cut to the Neanderthal chief in search of his family. He has some domesticated wolves on their trail, and they're just about to make it to Glacier Pass when our heroes crest half peak, but the ground is heating up. Turns out there's a river of lava underneath. Oh no, dude, the ground breaks away. Diego's nearly killed in the incident, but Manny saves him at the last minute. And then in some bullshit... I call bullshit filmmakers. Manny goes over the cliff on a chunk of ice and into the lava, but a hot spring shoots him back to safety. Nuh-uh, movie. You think a hot spring can lift a fucking woolly mammoth on top of a chunk of ice? I don't buy it. Yeah, man. I mean, this whole scene, this is at the point in the movie where it's like, okay, like you've given me 
two straight filler scenes, man. Just fucking put a bullet in me. <laughs> Whoa, man. This is the first scientific inaccuracy that I'm marking down. And I'm saying, yeah, it may it may hinder my score Excuse a me? couple of points. But that fart joke we already fully talked about earlier, dude, completely makes up for this. The first scientific inaccuracy. What about the woman who jumped over an ice cold waterfall with her baby in her hand? You ever see The Fugitive? You know what a baby is, right? <laughs> he, he, he was carrying a baby, right? <laughs> you, you understand what a baby is, right? And how you can't put a baby, no matter how acclimated they are to their environment, in freezing cold water for, like, a minute? Yeah, you probably can't have a fucking saber-toothed tiger manhandling it either or tossing it back and forth with a lily mammoth. But, you know... This is the first I wouldn't even give inaccuracy. it to a fucking I wouldn't even fucking give a baby to John Leguizamo. Joe Leguizamo. <laughs> oh, is it Joe again? <laughs> Diego is blown away that Manny actually saved him. I guess you could say, Zach, that Dennis Leary was surprised. He was probably thinking, gosh, I didn't believe anyone was going to rescue me. That's the end of Nostalgia Be Damned. We want to thank all our listeners. Because of that firefighter show, Rescue Me? It was on FX, I think. Hey, shut your mouth for a second. Uh, That's the end of Nostalgia Be Damned. We want (laughs) to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. It's been a great run. But that's not what you do in a herd, Zach. You look out for each other. (laughs) Dude, by the way, I don't think I mentioned it. Dennis Leary in particular, and also Ray Romano to a lesser extent, not giving a fuck about this movie, clearly, at all. Yeah, I have a feeling that John Leguizamo listened to the first two voice performances and was like, oh, I got to carry this whole movie on my back. <laughs> Who do you think recorded their their parts first? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure fucking Dennis Leary and Ray Romano recorded it in their bathrooms at home and sent it. I was going to say, I think, I think it's the opposite. I think John Leguizamo recorded everything first and Dennis Leary heard it. John Leguizamo and he's like, oh, fuck, this is what this movie is? Oh, shit. <laughs> That night, though, there's a storm, and Sid, does he create fire here by accidentally making some sparks from his rock cave drawing? Is it implied that he creates fire as well? I don't think, well, no, because the the tribe of people would have had fire a long, long, long time ago. Touche. Yeah, touche. He creates fire for animals, I guess. Oh, that's something. Yeah. It's stupid. This is a stupid movie. (laughs) Well, the whole crew is really chumming it up here. Becoming Sub-Zero bros, if you will. Shut up. That emotion is intensified. <laughs> the other tagline for the movie was Sub-Zero heroes, so I'm trying to get that in there as much as I can, because I do think it's dope. The emotion is intensified when the baby makes his first steps towards Diego, who starts to have a change of heart with regard to his mission. And because we just had a bit of drama in our comedy, we got to get this fucking squirrel back in here. <laughs> so Scrat comes in, into the cave, tries to thaw out his nut, but the fire pops it into popcorn. That's right. He also created popcorn. And Zach, did you know the popcorn made from acorns? Dude, I didn't know that. Can we just fucking finish this movie, please? Just, so, <laughs> yeah, man, we're almost there, I'm brother. I'm so fucking <laughs> sick of it. Just hurry it up. Let's speed through this fucking ending. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> the next day, the herd approaches the ambush and Diego's having second thoughts. He confesses the original plan and Manny is pissed. But Diego says, hey, I'm your only hope. Trust me, bro. He returns to his pack, Sid arrives with what looks like the baby, but instead he rides off on some pieces of tree bark, and this is where, Zach, he invents skiing. Did you know that? I don't want 
to hear it. All right. One of the branches sadly gets knocked off. That's when he invents snowboarding, but I'll skim past that. Uh, the baby, it wasn't even a baby, dude. It was a fucking chunk of snow. What a bunch of idiot saber-toothed tigers. They were pranked. So a couple of these saber-tooths fall off a cliff. Soto then corners Manny with Diego, while Zeke, Jack Black, sets off after Sid to find the baby. Diego stands his ground, and our herd is forced to fight off the pack, our sub-zero foes, if you will. <laughs> Soto is thrown against a rock, causing some icicles to fall. Dude, he's stabbed to fucking death, off-screen, sadly. Biggest belly laugh in the entire fucking movie. <laughs> But Diego was brought down in the fight, and I'm assuming this is where the filmmakers originally intended to kill him, which honestly works better for the story, showing that he betrayed his entire species and then sacrificed himself for man, which is the ultimate metaphor for what the Ice Age, you know, led to. Us, Zach. Man. I, I totally, totally would have been okay with them killing off this fucking character. Yeah. And either doing five of these movies without the fucking saber-toothed tiger, or maybe just not doing another one. <laughs> Ugh, but too many fucking whiny babies in the audience forces them to pull that bunch. Nevertheless, we do believe he's dead for a while, because Sid and Manny catch up with the Neanderthals as the leader is putting to rest the memory of his wife and son by leaving behind his wife's jewelry. That's when Manny approaches, and at first, the man raises his spear, but Manny takes it away from him as the tribe approaches angrily. The man stops his people when he sees his son, who slowly walks toward him for the first time. They embrace as the music swells. It'd be a touching moment if the fucking character animations didn't look fucking stupid. I can't, I, like, I couldn't get over it, Brandon. It literally ruined the emotion of the scene for me because I was like, wow, everything looks stupid. I don't know why, but the, I mean, I guess because they're Neanderthals, but they really try to box up these skulls. <laughs> they look really weird to look at. Uh, yeah. yeah. I don't think there are humans in any of the other Ice Age films, uh, from what I'm remembering, or at least the first three, but thank God, because no. they are creepy looking. I don't think so. Yeah. And as yeah, our friends depart the boy, good. he kind of calls out for them, and they're able to embrace him as well one last time. They do one last little peekaboo as Diego crests the hill. He's still alive, and he sees the kid off. Nine lives, baby. <laughs> little cat humor pun there, Zach, in case you caught that. And uh, Rusted Root kicks back in as our heroes head off into the sunset. Making global warming jokes. They do make some global warming jokes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, classic. But what about Scrap? <laughs> we didn't care about it in 2002. Many still don't now, sadly. And uh, we cut to a frozen squirrel an inch away from his acorn. 20,000 years later is flashed upon the screen, which I don't know if this is, this can't be canon, right? Because <laughs> we watch the ice slowly melt as Scrat regains consciousness, uh, slowly being able to free his face and his hands, and then the tide comes in and washes the acorn away. And in frustration, he finally breaks out of the ice, slamming into a tree, causing a coconut to fall to the ground. And because I guess we're now in some sort of tropical climate, Scrat, because he's a dumb fucking squirrel, tries to jam the coconut into the ground, which causes the earth to crack for miles, which sets off a volcano. We get one last eye twitch as credits roll. You spend way too much time on that fucking squirrel. Hey, <laughs> dude, that's the, that was the get. That's what you want in the Ice Age movie. There's no Ice Age movie without that fucking squirrel. No one, I, I can promise you this, dude. If Scrat's not in this movie, we don't get four more fucking sequels of this. I guarantee it. Definitely not. Definitely not, but uh, as it stands, <sighs> he is in this movie, and that's the end of it. <sighs> All right, why don't you rip this, because I think I'm going to be a little kinder to it in the end than you were, but what were your thoughts on Ice Age, brother? You're definitely going to be nicer to it, because I have literally nothing good to say about this movie. I just, <laughs> I 
from the start, I was bored. Just fucking bored. I didn't care about anything or anyone. The animation is very off-putting now. Um, and had I been this age back when this movie came out, I feel like I would have been put off on it back then, too. It just, it really, it really doesn't look good. And there weren't, you know, you can't say, yeah, first time studio. But other than that, there's really no excuse for it. It just, it doesn't look good. On top of that, man, there's really no movie here. I mean, there's one plot point that they go forward, but you could summarize this movie in about two seconds. You know, it, it's it's so simple. It's oversimplified. And on top of that, man, you know, probably decent for kids, but the humor doesn't really hold up at all. I just don't, I don't see anything funny out of it. None of the characters are likable because Sid is too annoying, Manny's too much of a grump, and Diego is a fucking villain the entire movie. I, I just don't really see anything likable about anybody in this movie except for the fucking kid. You're basically watching Monsters, Inc. light. It just, it, there's nothing clever about it. There's nothing fun about it. There's nothing exciting about it. The only saving grace it has is that it's 81 minutes long. And I, you know what? <laughs> because of this fucking squirrel thing. And the squirrel was, you know, I said it at the beginning of this podcast. The squirrel was funny back then. Now I, it's, I see it for what it is. Filler. You know, <laughs> it's, it's just six minutes or so of fucking nothing. Looney Tunes nonsense. And <laughs> I don't think it adds anything to the movie other than pushing the runtime. So man i don't like i don't know what to give it because it it's just boring like i don't know it's it's not the worst movie we've seen on this podcast i'm not gonna say that but it's certainly not a good one i don't recommend it if you're nostalgic about it i wouldn't even show it to kids i think there's better movies just show them pixar you've got disney plus show them everything pixar skip this movie i think it's fucking boring as shit um i'm gonna give it a 25 Holy shit, dude. Wow. All right. All right. Well, everything you said, I can't say you're wrong. I genuinely can't say you're wrong. But I I went into this thinking it was honestly going to hold up pretty well. And I do have to say I was disappointed on this rewatch. But like you, I don't think this is a bad movie. The pros, I do like the setting and the concept. It's super basic and nothing extraordinary, but I do think it's an underexplored time period for children's films. I mean, obviously we got Land Before Time and stuff, but the Ice Age itself, I think the characters of like having a woolly mammoth and a saber-toothed tiger to discuss maybe some of these animals that went extinct, it's kind of fun. It's a novel idea for a kid's movie. And you know me, and I've mentioned this several times on the show, I like a movie set in the snow, dude. I really do. Fucking New Englander. You suck. I know. I know, man. I know. And I I do like the idea of these characters from vastly different ends of the food chain forced together by circumstance who have to work together to go out of their way to help a creature from another species. You know what I mean? A creature in which many of whom had had negative interactions with, I'm assuming. So it's a sweet premise. When I was a kid, I thought this was much funnier than it actually is. A lot of the jokes didn't hold up. I did. I do have to admit that I did laugh out loud maybe like three or four times throughout the runtime. But like you mentioned earlier, Ray Romano and Dennis Leary are literally just talking into a microphone with almost no <laughs> emphasis on any of the words. Their, their voices, thankfully, are unique enough to add something to the character that's not on the page. Like Dennis Leary just being himself and Ray Romano just being himself is more than what I think is in the script for these characters because they're so bare bones and one-dimensional. Sure. And John Leguizamo, 
bless his heart, he's giving it his all, but his character is just so fucking annoying. Yeah, unfortunately, I think this is just treading into such similar waters as Monsters, Inc. and Shrek. Two films, I think, are vastly superior to it. So it, it, in comparison to the animation, too, style, it just doesn't hold up. But I don't know. I think Scrat <laughs> is honestly one of the funniest, like, side animated side characters in a movie. I think got better as they utilized him in further films because they were able to just do more with him. His animation looks better. And so, yeah, this this introduction isn't all that good, sure. but it is at least sort of funny. So I'm going to say, I kind of got to go fresh, though. I'm going to give it a 60, dude, maybe even a 65. I didn't hate this. I think that there are some funny parts and kids today would still enjoy it. If you really loved it as an adult, as a kid, you know, there are a couple funny parts for adults but and moving parts as well i think the dramatic bits work it's not a 77 and it's not an oscar you know nominee in my opinion but i'm gonna go with like a 60 65 it was it was fine yeah i i don't know man normally i can concede a few (laughs) points to you and meet you in the middle i can't with this one i just like i i can't not recommend this movie enough um i yeah and i hear you because the the story really is so basic and the animation really doesn't hold up today so i i I, I agree i really do agree and some of these themes you're talking about you know people on opposite ends of you know perspective and it's just some of these ideas that they have with characters have just been done better by better movies you know what i mean like you said monsters inc shrek yeah fuck i think even like we were talking about you know animals kind of uh conceding that their circumstances are changing which they don't really dive into in this movie which is something i think they could have because it's about animals migrating to confront you know a change in their entire environment and i mean fuck dinosaur does that better yeah and I think they get into that in like the second and third one a bit more, but I unfortunately I think this might still be the best one. Again, I haven't seen those other ones in a while, but they even go further with like the dumb humor. Granted, the animation gets better, and they just add more characters, but I don't think there's yeah. anything necessarily better as a film. So if you're gonna watch one of them, maybe watch this one. I, I thought it was all right. <laughs> yeah, and I thought it was trash. All right, Brandon. Uh, <laughs> so before we get into next week's, we are as we always do as of you know 30 episodes ago uh we're gonna give some recommendations mine this week is a show that originally aired on tbs i think it is still airing on tbs i'm not sure either way it's on hbo max now uh search party have you seen this show brandon um no yeah i remember with, being on tbs seeing the previews right from with, yeah uh, with uh, from, uh what's her face from yeah and bless her i she's such yeah she's such a good actress and i can never pronounce her name uh Aaliyah Sh- oh shock um, yeah shock they, yeah yeah that show's fucking phenomenal i like it's it's my new favorite show right now it's so fucking funny and uh also just dark uh really mysterious i can't recommend that show enough if you want to go opposite of fucking ice age <laughs> watch that show it's so good it's so nice. so good I don't want to spoil anything, but for a show that airs on TBS, you know, it's got to stay mild, you know, a little bit more mild than you would normally see a show of its caliber. Like this show should be on HBO and they could probably do a lot more R-rated comedy with it, but they do the best with what they can get away with. And it's phenomenal. I, I really search party on HBO Max. Nice. Uh, my recommend for the week would be Palm Springs on Hulu I watched last night. stars Andy Samberg and Kristen Milioti, and it's sort of a Groundhog Day riff in which these two characters are stuck in like a time loop, infinite time loop at Palm Springs at a wedding. 
But I don't want to give go into any more detail other than J.K. Simmons is great in a supporting role. And I think anyone who's interested in not even necessarily time travel, but those time paradox loop movies, this one has a lot of new ideas. And it was fucking like it's a, a really clever rom-com. I was kind of blown away. It's one of my favorite movies so far this year. Dope. Very cool. All right. Dug it. <clears throat> So for next week, we're actually heading to 1998. It's a teen comedy, and I believe it's currently streaming on Netflix, so we don't have to pay for this one, buddy. But Thank hopefully God. we won't have to pay a big price. <laughs> uh, it's 1998's Can't Hardly Wait. Dude, I can't hardly wait for this movie. In reality, very excited. We haven't done a teen comedy in a while, um, in a long, long yeah. while. So looking forward to that. And this was a movie that me and my friends gushed over. We used to love Can't Hardly Wait. Very curious to see if it holds up. It does not have a great score on Rotten Tomatoes. I think it's like in the 40s or something like that. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have high hopes. I think it's. I think it'll be better than Ice Age. <laughs> I, I'm sure it probably will be for at least you. Please tune in next week. That'll be on nbd.podbean.com where you can find all of our episodes on Podbean. That's original hosted site or on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other sites. Yep, we're also on iHeartRadio for some reason. Don't forget to leave us a review on those sites and uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can find us on all of that. Please, please, please write us a review. It really helps the show. We got a really nice one the other day on Apple Podcasts. Appreciate the shout out there. And uh, as always, tell your friends. Feel free to write us in a recommendation or request as well at nostalgiabedampod at gmail.com. All right, Zach, I hear Phoebe barking in the background, yeah. so that's, that's time. Take her out, you know, get a few numbers. That's that's the signal, yeah. Pull a, pull a real Sid yep. the Sloth move, you dirty boy. Uh, I would <laughs> rather die. <laughs> All right, man, have a good one. Thanks, everybody. Be safe, be good people, wear your mask. Wash your fucking hands. <laughs>